Welcome to The Well Q&A Podcast. The Well is the student ministry of Key Life Fellowship, which exists to equip students for lifelong service of Jesus Christ. Each week through a QR code given to them at youth, students of The Well anonymously send in various questions they have regarding the lesson or even about various biblical topics. We pray that we may also be a blessing to your Christian walk as together we find all the answers that we need in the Word of God. Everybody wants to know what the end entails. If you want to draw intrigue, if you want to get people listening, if you want to fill a room, have an end time study. That's, for some reason, what a lot of people are just enthused by. They want to know all the details, and that's kind of naturally human. It's okay to, to want to know, you know the unknowns, know some things that, hey, are just unclear, to know things that make you wonder and make you think. There, there's some mystery involved. In fact, there, there's so many different views of what's going to happen in the end times as far as what the Bible even says about it. Good Christians Good, solid, sound believers will disagree on what they believe will happen in the end time. This is the systematic theology known as eschatology, the end of days, the end of time, what, what goes on. And one of those huge events that you guys undoubtedly heard about, maybe even read about and, and studied about, want a little clarity on is, is the, the event known as the rapture. You guys asked, what is the rapture? Well, uh, years back, a number of years, probably before a lot of you guys' time, there was a series of books. It was actually turned into a series of movies uh, known as the Left Behind series. And, and, it, and it raised the bar of people's intrigue in, in the rapture and the end times and what actually takes place and what happens after all of this. And, and it was a huge, huge uh, money moneymaker, really. I, I don't know if that was their heart behind it, but it certainly did. It just kind of took the Christian world by storm, and even some of the non-believing world, into this idea of this rapture theology. And, and, well, some of it, okay, I see the biblical take, but there's a lot of it that is not biblical at all. And then some of it uh, is actually probably partially true. But as with all things, man, we need to look at the Bible. What does it say? Well, let's first look at the word rapture. That word will never come through in your, your English Bible. You, you won't see it. You won't see it in your concordance. You won't see it in the Bible dictionary, uh, per se. So, okay, well, we can just write it off. The whole idea of a rapture, rapture is fake, and if you believe in a rapture, uh, you're, just, you're just dumb. Hold on. Neither is the word Bible in your Bible, ironically. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. The word, this may be, a little intense for some of us, but we've talked about this a little bit. Neither is hypostatic union. That is that Christ is truly God and truly man. He is one this person of the Trinity, and he has two distinct natures, his human nature and his divine nature, still in one person, which is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Maybe deep, whatever. All those things are biblical. The Bible, duh. The Trinity, of course. The hypostatic union, yes. 
All those things are biblical doctrines that are 100% true. However, you don't see those words in the scripture, but all of this is formulated from and through the Bible's teaching. I believe the rapture is one of those things as well. Though the word is not mentioned, the concept is there. We didn't understand this about the rapture. It is a mystery. You see it, you're, maybe you're wondering, I've never heard rapture. What in the world is this rapture stuff? Uh, you see it kind of typified in, in, Elijah, in Elijah, where he is caught up to heaven without dying. Uh, you see it also in Enoch. He never dies. He walks with the Lord on into heaven. The word rapture means to catch up or to be caught up or even a snatching away as we'll see it used in Scripture. And the first place I want to look at this is probably the most clear instance you see in the whole Bible in the New Testament. First Thessalonians, I always have trouble with that one. I don't know why. It's the T and the H and then the two S's and there's just a lot of letters and I'm not that smart. But First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 and see if you can maybe formulate What's going on here? I want to give you a little context of this book. Now, Paul's writing to a church, a group of people who have been tricked by false doctrine, false teachers, false apostles even, that the second coming of Christ and his resurrection has already taken place. And oh no, they missed out on it. And so with that in mind, we come to our text. Verse 14, chapter 4. Brothers, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Talking about the believers who have passed away. We know a euphemism for dying is to fall asleep. Christians in the scripture, I love that, is referred to we are just asleep because that's what has taken place. We are not, we will never taste death. What an awesome truth. He says, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up, or snatched up or raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. This is where the idea, the doctrine of a rapture comes, that the believers who are on this earth before Christ's second coming, they will be caught up without facing death. I believe in what's known as a pre-tribulational rapture. I believe that's the clearest teaching that the Bible gives. Before the Lord's seven-year tribulation on this earth, which is his poured-out fury upon sinful man, he will actually remove those who were believers from facing his wrath. He does this through what's known as the rapture, where we see here, where he also resurrects those who have fallen asleep. He said they will rise first. Think of this. They're buried, more than likely. They're somewhere else. They go first. We meet them in the air with Christ. We are caught up to be with all of the raptured saints in Christ himself. We also see Jesus teach on 
a rapture. John 14. We're familiar with John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Now, Jesus is on the earth. He says he's going to his Father's house to prepare a place for who? If you're following along, his disciples. And, verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Let's follow some logic here. Christ says he's going back to his Father, who is in where? Heaven. We saw him in, in the first part of Acts. He ascends into heaven. He is, watch this, raptured up or caught up. Jesus ascends to the Father into heaven. And then he says, I'm going to go there. I'm going to prepare a place for you, disciples. And when I go there, I'm going to bring you to be with me where I am. Where is that? Heaven. Another subtle picture of the snatching up is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We have Paul, the apostle of Jesus, giving a description in the third person, even not even referring to himself, that he knew a man who was caught up into heaven. Oh man, caught up. The exact same Greek word you see in 1 Thessalonians 4 were being caught up. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 2 he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. First, second, second Corinthians 12, 4, two verses down. He was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. He is telling about this vision. It even says, I don't know if it was in the body or real. I don't know what was going on. But I know a man who was caught up to heaven. Caught up where? Well, okay, heaven. Jesus is going to heaven. We see that there. We see Paul with a picture of being caught up. No doubt that's where he went. And so to believe that there's no raptures or a snatching away or catching up, if you don't want to use the word rapture, you want to use the word that the Scriptures use, that's fine. you got to believe in that to some degree. And I know, again, that there's a lot of people who don't. But this is the rapture. This is what I believe is the Scriptures teaching on the matter. Now, when does it take place? Here's where it gets funny. And here's where people start to get wonky and weird. People will try to guess the date of the rapture. Eh, nope, don't do that. Bad. For one, and it's different than the rapture, but Christ's return. He even says no one knows the day or the hour of his return. And so we don't know when he's going to call his saints and catch them up. We're never given any warnings. We're given... What's known as there's going to be birth pains and labor pains until the day of his coming, meaning it's just going to keep reminding us all these bad things are going to happen in the world to remind us, yep, Christ sure, surely is coming. But we don't know the date, we don't know the hour, we don't know the year, we don't know the minute. But we do know this. If we study biblical eschatology or the Bible's teaching on the end times, we will learn very quickly that the next event to happen is this rapture. So we should be ready for that. Why does this happen? Well, remember what I talked about a second ago about the Great Tribulation? I believe that is a literal seven-year period that's going to happen, and I, we can't cover that in a short Q&A podcast. That's, that's okay. But why this rapture? Because when Christ brings his Great Tribulation on this earth, it is actually going to be his full wrath and destruction 
dumped out on wicked men. 1 Thessalonians will help us again. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10 says, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians will not face God's wrath ever. Why? Because Christ took all of it on the cross. And so we, believers, are kept from God's wrath on this earth by being removed as he poured it out, pours it out on wicked men, those who are not covered by his blood. The believers are removed, and then we see in Revelation 19 that we actually will return with him when he comes during his second coming, when he comes to destroy wickedness, bind Satan, and set up his kingdom here on this earth. But for that to happen, for us to come back with him, we must first go, you got it, up with him. This is going to take a while to maybe understand because it hasn't happened. Uh, things that have not happened, they're hard to, they're hard to understand. And then again, there's a lot of debate, but I believe this is what the scripture teaches on this. So, the big question is, should we be afraid of this rapture? Remember I talked about the Left Behind books and the movies and stuff? Man, it got people so afraid. There's some goofy people that will try to use the rapture as a scare tactic. If you're doing something sinful and the rapture happens, you're getting left behind, buddy. And if you, you, you better get yourself together and you're going to have to face the, rapture, the, the tribulation if you don't get yourself right. And you walk on pins and needles. No, you should not be afraid of the rapture. If you're a believer in Christ, you should be overjoyed that, Lord, you are so good to keep me from this stuff. I don't deserve it. I deserve your wrath, but you are going to keep me from your wrath because Christ faced it for me. You should be optimistic knowing that, man, nothing this world can throw at me can knock us off track, can even sway me because Christ holds me forever. That's optimism. That's true Christian hope. We should be expectant knowing this truth of the rapture. Lord, when are you going to come? When are you going to call me home? When will the trumpet blast to call me into heaven? Will you, when will you descend and call us to meet you in the air? Oh, I can't wait for that day. And finally, it should cause us to be evangelistic. We know this, that if those who aren't, if we know those who do not believe in Christ and have not repented and turned to Him by faith, they don't have an expectation of salvation. All they have is an expectation of wrath. And the only answer to free them from God's wrath is the cross of Christ, the gospel message. And so we bring that message of hope. We bring that message of salvation to Christ alone, to everyone who will listen to us. Why? Because there is a wrath coming, but there is salvation in Christ alone. We have salvation, we have salvation, and us in Christ, we have more salvation. Thank God for this truth. Hope this gives you a reason to thank Him, to praise Him, and to live for Him each and every day of your lives.